Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I cannot wait to dive into today's topic with my guest, Maddie Cook, who is going to help us rewire some beliefs around money and just dive into what's maybe holding you back from the type of thriving business that you can build as a hairstylist. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. So thank you so much for being here, Maddie. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So before we get started, could you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your journey in the beauty industry and how you got to what you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. So I started self-employed when I was 20, 2010, 2021, but I had literally no idea what I was doing as most people don't because I didn't have any sort of handbook. I just did my training and then off I went. Fast forward a few years, 2018, is when I started my coaching company, Bossy or Salon. Again, semi-accidental, like never ever thought it would be my full-time thing, which it is now. I stopped working behind the chair in 2021 because this was just so busy. In particular, I do a lot of work around pricing strategy, money mindset, sales, marketing, all of that kind of jazz. I work with hairdressers, nail technicians, lash technicians, dog groomers, personal trainers like it turns out that most self-employed people need a little bit of help with the the money side of things yeah absolutely and uh, there's so many parallels in all of those industries I think when it's it's when you're the service provider who's charging for your service so that is that makes a lot of sense that that would apply across the board and what specifically was it about helping people with the financial side because Obviously, in the hair industry, once you've been in the industry for a while, there's so many different directions that you can go in, in terms of where you can support people. What was it about the money side of it that made you want to really dive in there? It was just so universal. So I I started with a Facebook group, which now we have 26,000 people or something like that. Wow. Big. (laughs) And I just saw this pattern like over and over again in my group and other industry groups. It was the same question. Everyone, the default was, what does everyone else charge? Like, how much are you guys charging for this? How much are you guys charging? And then in the comment section, people were really adamant that it was like, well, if you're in a salon, it has to be more. If you're in an affluent area, if it's competitive. And I read that and I thought, oh, I don't agree with this. Like, to me, that didn't seem like logical based on my experience behind the chair. I did start like that very much. I was really competitively priced and very poor money mindset but in the kind of latter years behind the chair myself I was the most expensive in an area in a low income highly saturated area highly competitive area and yeah it was just one day I think it was very early in the pandemic like literally April 2020 and I just put a post in saying 
hey guys, if I put together something on pricing, would anyone be interested? And I had like hundreds of comments. I felt, okay, there's a space for this. And the rest is history. Like this, I've taught 17,000 people through my free, I would like a pricing webinar masterclass thing. And that, that runs to this day, three years later, that still gets like packed out. And like I said, it, it just attracts other industries because everyone like knows someone else. Yeah, They're like dog walker isn't charging enough. So yeah, it's a super universal problem. And I think when you can, also it's the center of a lot of things, like until you get the money and the numbers right, anything you put on top of that doesn't work or it doesn't work effectively. So you need to get the numbers, like the math has to be mathing and then everything else goes really nicely on top of that. That's so true because say you master, for instance, your marketing and you're bringing in a ton of clients and you're either a both not retaining them, but then also when you are bringing people through, it's not adding up. And even if you had 10 new clients a day, it's still not going to be sustainable. Yeah. And sometimes what I saw was that people's pricing was so poor or so like incorrectly worked out. And, and sometimes it was okay for some services, not for yeah. others. So maybe their cuts were fine, but their colors, their technical work was sometimes even at a loss. And it's, they think they need more clients, but I'm like, you just maximize that loss. So you're working yeah. even harder right. and it's not making you any more money. It's, it's making things even worse. Yeah. It's such like a foundational piece of the business. Yeah, absolutely. If someone's listening to this and they're thinking like, uh, yeah, I'm not exactly where I want to be in my business. What are some of those key indicators that maybe it is your pricing that you need to take a look at? And I've got a backup question to this as well, because yeah. one of the things that I think is difficult about the pricing conversation is that there is a whole lot of emotion tied into it. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of like stories and beliefs and all mm-hmm. of these things. So often people are hesitant to even examine that because they think, what's the point in looking into it? Because my clients won't pay anymore. I can't charge mm-hmm. this in my area or whatever. So what are some of those indicators and, and how can you work through if even looking into it is giving you anxiety and making it difficult? How do you combat that? Yeah, that two really good questions and good points. So I think, first of all, it's like this this kind of inner knowing right I think if you're asking the question yeah something probably needs to change I always say the first thing is if the bank balance doesn't reflect the level of work that you do like the effort that you put in so mm-hmm. I know for me when I knew my pricing wasn't right I worked harder than like anyone I'd met I worked 100 days non-stop ones I had three jobs four jobs I worked wow. full-time in an office I did hair, hair extensions after work I was doing consultations in the car park on my lunch break. I was driving to get hair in my break. I then took on a job in, in a pub for three half days a week. And I still had less money than people, other people that I yeah. knew working way less than me. So it was like, again, like the math wasn't mathing. And emotionally, I was getting like really resentful. I thought this isn't what I signed up for. It didn't match the like vision. Do you know when you become self-employed or you're about to and you, I, I always think about this like fake diary that we write where we go, I'm going to do two clients a day and I'm yeah. going to make this much money and I'm going to go and live on an island. Um, <laughs> and the gap between those, the reality and what I wanted was just so far. And it became like I built this prison for myself. I wanted in my mind to have this this vehicle for freedom. That's what everyone talks about when they have a business, this thing where you've got so much control. You choose your hours, you choose how much money you make. You don't have to answer to anyone. You don't have to ask anyone for like vacation time. 
And it just was not that at all. Like I was working more hours than I worked when I was employed. I was making less money than when I was employed. I had, I wasn't, didn't have the protections that you have when you're employed and the perks and the benefits. And yeah, it was just this realization of this is not what I signed up for. And I think we've got to have that almost like rock bottom <laughs> to be like, yes. this isn't okay. And it was a decision after that to change it and go, okay, I'm not going to accept this. What's in my control? How can I get myself out of this? Yeah. Ooh, okay. And that's a perfect segue because I I think this is something that can be tough to come to grips with sometimes because in order to make a difference, I've been there at so many points in my career too, where it was like, I, I felt like things were happening to me or the way that things were going, it was like, oh, if this would just happen, then this, then I could do this. Or if I could just figure out a way to make this happen. And what I think is the hard part sometimes when it comes to making a big change is confronting the role that you've played and where you currently are. So what did that look like when you decided to change things? It was this kind of like one acknowledgement of of where things were at the moment. And I remember watching this video and it was talking about fault versus responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, never ever thought about this. And he was saying things that happened to you, there's a lot of stuff that happens to us or is happening externally to us that is not our fault, but it's our responsibility, how we navigate those things. And I think it's such a default position of so many people and myself included to read exactly like you say, Jody. this is happening to me. It feels so out of my control. I can't do anything about this. I have to just accept this is as good as it gets. This real passive, almost a victim position. That's what I was in. And when I heard that, I thought, oh, (laughs) because it's really confronting because it's so much easier to go oh, this is my life, whatever, I'll just have to coast through it. But it there's so much discomfort as well in thinking, okay, what's on my side of the street? What can I actually do? What's in my control? And I think in the States in particular, like therapy is a much bigger thing over there than it is back home. I wish it was bigger back home. I'm a big fan. And through that as well, I learned so much about taking responsibility and really putting down things. I feel like so many people focus on the negative things that are not in their control, such as factors, political factors, cost of living, inflation, or the cost of your goods, the cost of your rent, all of these things, rather than focusing on like the positive opportunity of the things that are in our control. And I think when we shift into that space, I don't think that's a negative place at all. It's a little bit uncomfortable at first, but I see that in such a nice place of, oh my God, there's so much actually good stuff that I can do that's within my like yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think we're meant to carry everything all the time. And if you can take back control over both what you do and then also how you react to things that are outside of your control, I think that's where the real empowerment can come in. Yeah, absolutely. It's like there's always this like fork in the road with anything, anything external. We've all, there's always like a choice, isn't there? Like how do I let this affect me? Like, I can't stop this thing from happening if it's external, but how do I let this affect me? Do I just go, do I just accept it and be passive and think again, this is happening to me? Or is there some sort of opportunity in this? And I think in the pandemic in particular, like we saw that in a massive way, a lot of people were just like tanked. They were just like, I can't do this. I can't face this. This is end of days. But actually there was a lot of people where 
there was huge opportunity and people changed their business models, went into like other markets. They were being super creative. There's some nail techs that I work with were doing press on nails and kits and tutorials. And yes. I think sometimes the harder times can actually be really divisive. It's, it can bring out this real amazing creativity in people and this like opportunity and optimism and things like that. But yeah, we've got to be really mindful, exactly as you said, like what we allow to get in and how we then perceive the world. Because I think sometimes, in fact, all of this comes down to, like you said previously, like limiting beliefs and perceptions. Mm-hmm. What you believe to be true is true. Like yes. no two ways about it. So if you decide no one has any money, it's too saturated, it's too competitive, people are stretching their appointments out, it's quiet in the summer, that will all be true because that's what you've decided. So again, we have to like strategically and consciously go, okay, but what if I thought another way? What if I believed this to be true? What if I looked for things to actually prove myself wrong? (laughs) And I love that. I love like calling myself on my BS. If it's limiting, if it's like holding me back or unhelpful, I'm like, okay, I need some new evidence. I'm going to go and find some evidence. I'm going to go and find a person who's doing the thing that I think is impossible. And I think in the industry, what's sad is that I think we, I think generally we're very limited, like mindset wise, mm. in in the majority. I think there's some people who are very like expansive and who I try and watch and and be in the presence of. But I have found it very helpful to actually step outside the industry. There's so much more looking at the wider picture, not going, "This is it. This is as good as we get." There's a cap on your income in this industry, all yeah. that sort of stuff. I think that's why it's so important that there are, and it's so funny that you say this actually, because the whole vision behind this podcast was to really spotlight that there are so many possibilities and there are so many things that you can do. Mm. And I think like when you were talking, I was like, yeah, it really does tie back in at the end of the day to partially what we're consuming. Because like you said, it's, Mm -hmm. it's your, if you're feeling weighed down, if you're feeling like, the weight of the world is on you and all of these things outside of your control are taking your business. If you can switch that mindset to focus on evidence that it's not true, that can be a game changer in itself. That piece of advice, looking for proof. Yeah. If one doing what you want to do, like in your immediate circle or like immediate industry space, find it, look for it. If it means going outside of the industry, if it means going to like other industries, I really like going to business events that are not industry focused. I'm in LA at the moment, so I'm, I live in the UK, but we're here for five weeks. And I absolutely like love going about my day thinking, how do they do business here? What can we learn? Because particularly in LA, oh, they will have you spend money. Like they will find a way to sell you, <laughs> upsell you to, you know, make something more high end and more luxurious. And they're the way they talk about money, the way they think about money here is so different from at home. And um, I love it. Like I was sharing in one of my programs that I looked for a pedicure for a friend and I found a place over here that does, I think it's called spiritual awakening. Oh my God, Julie, it looked amazing. You get the usual things, but you've got a crystal. You got to write down something that you want to leave behind on a piece of dissolvable paper that goes into the pedicure dish. I feel yeah. like you got a card reading and I was like, God, these are brilliant. So I love that. And I feel like I've trained my brain now to just look for stuff because I'm constantly yeah. like, I want to learn. I want to expand. I want to come back with ideas and 
I don't want to ever get boxed into this, like this is all that's available to me or to the industry. Yeah. It's just like flicking a switch. Yes, I love that. That's such great advice in terms of looking for inspiration outside of our industry. And I also think it helps you expand your mind in terms of the emotional discounting thing that we tend to do in our industry because there aren't other industries that do that. And so that's another thing that you can really learn from, I think. And those value adds, all of those things are so important and give a lot of perspective because at the end of the day, like this is a business. Yeah, this is it. And I think this is something that is really pervasive in our industry is this like emotional side of it. And I totally get it. We're emotional people. I just see this as being so harmful because it's when that self-abandonment shows up in business, because your inner world will always show up in your business until you work on it. It turns into like self-abandonment becomes not charging properly, emotional discounting, not enforcing policies. If someone cancels or is late or doesn't show up, saying yes to services that we should be saying no to, letting people treat us poorly. And I just think it's wild that doesn't seem to exist in many other industries. The analogy I use is my, my car mechanic. I've gone to the same guy for driven 15 years. I have no idea what he's called. I recognize his face because that's where I take my car. I know nothing about him. I don't know his name. I don't know his kids' names. He doesn't know anything about me. Yet I trust him. I've gone yeah. to him for a really long time. Like I think I'd be deemed like a good customer. Yet he has no issue charging me. And if I didn't yeah. show up, I'm sure they would charge me. And I just... it's a blessing and a curse like it's so nice that we have good relationships with our clients and that we can get into these sort of deep levels but also we have to be really mindful that we have good boundaries it's not at a cost to us the giving that to the client doesn't take anything away from us and and boundaries is like such a huge part of that oh I love that and somewhere along the lines we've as an industry adopted this whole idea that discounts or keeping prices low is an indicator of like good customer service. And it's just so far from true, right? The thing is, if you can't sustain your business and if you're showing up for your appointments like burnt out because you've had to take way more clients than you should just to pay your bills, then nobody's getting what they want out of the relationship. Yeah, like it shouldn't come at that cost. And what I think is really heartbreaking is that actually there are like coaches and educators in the industry who say that's what drives me bananas is that there are a couple of people who I've seen saying boundaries have gone too far it's good customer service to take your paper diary on holiday so you can reply to people quickly if you want a business tomorrow you can't be annoyed that you're replying to dms at midnight and I'm like one can we just automate? Can we get booking systems? Can we please yeah. make our lives a little bit easier and have a little bit of a barrier, but also make it easy for clients? That mm-hmm. seems logical. But yeah, it's just, it's like a it's like a martyrdom. I see that so much, especially with pricing. I'm going to keep my prices low because I'm a good person. And I'm like, good for you. However, yeah. don't make anyone else feel bad because we have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. Like you might have a household income that's six figures. You might have no kid, no yes. debt, no mortgage, like everything's paid off. You might have a million in inheritance in the bank, like yeah. investments, whatever. So yeah, you can you could probably afford to work for free. So mm-hmm. don't make us feel bad. Or don't make the people feel bad for charging appropriately 
when they have to do that. It's not even for so many people with pricing, it's not even about profiteering, like it's survival for a lot of people, yet they are made to feel so bad and often by other industry people, which is just horrendous for literally trying to have a business that survives till this time next year. But even if you want to make profit, like if you want to make a ton of money, that's fine as well. I was just going to say that actually, because I, I think that just even the fact that we've got to say, we've got to temper it shows how pervasive this, mm-hmm. this is yeah. in our industry. Like, God forbid you actually want to just put your hand up and say, I want to make tons of money. Like, Absolutely. People, people say that to me privately, like as if it's top secret. I'm like, yeah, you're allowed. <laughs> but it's they can't. And immediately they're like, oh, I feel bad or I feel I shouldn't say this. Yeah. If you went to, again, any other industry, any other business, especially like male dominated industries, Mm -hmm. the first thing they would talk about is how much shareholder revenue they're going to deliver and increase in profits and all of this. Yet we have to be like Oliver Twist. Please eat this week. (laughs) Especially like all the stylists that are in your world or in my world, like anyone listening to this, like you're investing your free time to further your career. You're investing your money in advanced education. It's not a bad thing to want to do more than survive. It's not a bad thing to want to make a great living in your business. Like release that shame because I think that's that's the problem sometimes really. Because if you subconsciously feel bad about something, obviously you're not going to feel comfortable taking the steps that you need to take in order to make it happen no matter what your goal is. Yeah, I think so many of us are like committed to the struggle. We're like mm-hmm. married to the struggle. We have to talk about how hard it is. If anyone asks how you are, you're like, oh yeah, I'm busy. Mm-hmm. We find it so hard to go. I'm really peaceful. I'm making money. Everything is fine. That feels so alien that yep. our default is like, oh, it's hard work. Yeah, it's yep. okay, but oh, I'm, I'm working really hard for it. And I've been thinking about this actually, I'm going to make a post about this. Like we seem more obsessed with our capacity for how much of the negative we can hold, like how resilient we are, how much we've overcome. Yet we very rarely talk about our capacity for good, to hold good things for a long time. What is our capacity for peace and for rest and for wealth? No one talks about it. Everyone's so obsessed with, oh, I've made it through this and I've struggled through that. And it seems like we're more comfortable in the negatives and I want to help people shift to what if you had a really high tolerance for peace (laughs) what would that look like oh my goodness have you read the big leap Maddie I am literally just reading it so I think that's why it's on my mind now yeah yeah that was a game changer for me really I and it's funny because I'd read about the concept and I was on holidays last year and this is something I've wanted to forever go to we went to Italy for my birthday from Canada it was amazing. But I felt myself being like, oh, should I feel bad about this? And it's and and even even as I'm telling you this, I feel the need to just be transparent. To say, but I worked really hard. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. And so I was reading this book because I'd heard the concepts and I, I read it while I was on holiday. So I'm going to combat this. I'm not mm. going to hit that upper limit. Like I'm going to use this as inspiration. And it was something that I had to work through. So how crazy is that? That it, this is a goal and it's something that I really was looking forward to. Something that I, it was just that even the thought that I had to feel bad about it a little bit. So 
That's why I think your content resonates with me so much because a lot of my listeners are actively doing the work. All of my personal development episodes are like the most downloaded. And so in a space where there's a lot of awareness, we're still facing all these struggles. So I think for people who maybe haven't started the journey or who maybe are like feeling a little bit, who just maybe the personal development world doesn't resonate with them. I can only imagine how much harder that is without the awareness. So that's why I think it's really important to have these conversations. I think the two just can't be separated. Like I've learned this so much both by being coached and, and by coaching other people is that like the strategy and the inner work just cannot be separated. Like it's a bit like pricing with the numbers. I always think considering my main income comes from helping people with numbers, the numbers part of it actually is maybe 10%. It's right. 90%. It's like the beliefs. Like you have to shift those beliefs of one, I deserve to do this. I don't have to struggle for it anymore. It is available to me. We have to call BS on the, the limiting beliefs that we've talked about. Yeah. And only then when that's done, can you actually do the strategic stuff or only then will it stick? I think you cannot strategize your way out of poor beliefs and a lack of self-belief yeah. and belief in what you deserve to have and it's so interesting what you said about the book because I've, I've just finished it and we've come away we're in LA at the moment and um we I've, I shared it in real but we bid for an upgrade we didn't get it so I just I was at the desk and I thought I'll just ask I'll just see what they've got and I asked and they had some available which actually cost less than I'll bid oh my goodness and I kept thinking it's so good honestly like Again, I had so many ideas for like how to make things upgraded, like how to make yeah. things feel really high end and special. And I, w- I just kept thinking, I was like lying in my bed in upper class, it was so good. Yeah. And I was like, feel this, like really feel into this and have right. the space for it and don't resist it because part of, so much of part of me was like, we'll never get this again. This will be the last time. And do you know what I mean? So it was uh, to be so conscious of, how can I just accept that this is real and this is happening and that this is like a thing that is available to me and that I can soak up. So yeah, it's so funny that you've been reading it at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) I've actually read it like three times now, I think, because I just keep getting something. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because I read somewhere again. (laughs) I feel like you and I probably have this in common, but yeah, the same books. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading somewhere that revisiting some of the same ones that you've read can actually be really beneficial in terms of like Mm -hmm. habit changing. So Mm -hmm. I love that one. It's one of my faves. If you haven't read it and you're listening, definitely I would recommend picking it up because I think it just addresses and underlines a lot of the things that we've talked about here today. Um, So thank you again so much for coming. Thank you for your transparency and your knowledge. It's been really illuminating, I think my listeners will agree where can they go to find out more about you so this is funny because whenever I say this in in my English accent no one (laughs) from like the states or Canada can understand what I'm saying so it's boss your salon I'm sure you can put it in the show notes or here here it's boss your salon salon. (laughs) yeah salon and it's forward slash masterclass that is a free price of masterclass there's a lot in there there's a lot to learn there's a lot to unlearn so that's where I'd always recommend starting it's totally free and you can get a feel for my style of teaching and and things like that but yeah then just dive into social media it's the same on Instagram and Facebook I've got a bunch of resources and 
uh, guides and things that will point you in the right direction. Oh, that's fantastic. Enjoy the rest of your trip. And if you're listening to this and you've got something that you are celebrating, something that you are excited about, consider this a permission slip to drop the guilt and just yes. enjoy it. Yes, yes. You yes, deserve yes. it. Accept it. So go low. Yeah. I yeah. Love that. <laughs> thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the hairstylist rising podcast if you haven't already make sure you like subscribe and leave us a review be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode and if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking what you'd like to see on the podcast or just share your favorite episode send me a dm over on instagram either at hairstylist rising or at it's jody brown i am so excited to see you back here same place same time next week and until then i am jody brown i am your host and i'm signing off now so thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week